0: You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 18. Welcome to the Give Me Five Podcast. I'm Rob, and I'm here with Greg. Good evening, Rob. And Jimmy.
1: Uh <laughs> I don't I don't hear Jimmy. Nobody wrote anything for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know I read off the teleprompter. Where's my cue card?
0: <laughs> I want only brown MMs. What are what are these green MMs doing here? Get these out of here.
2: Stay classy. He, he's like man. Okay, we're moving on.
0: <laughs> Here on the Give Me Five podcast, we discuss five things that entertained us this week. This week, we're going to discuss the Red Queen's War trilogy by Mark Lawrence. N- book. We're so high class. I know. And there's more than one. Go figure. <gasps> Naked Alliances, Ren, the Ren Fair," Monoprice Mini Delta 3D Printer, and the Crisis Crossover that recently aired on some of our favorite superhero TV shows.
2: Awesome. And particularly with this crisis crossover, there are going to be a lot of spoilers. (laughs) So we are going to try a whole bunch to avoid a whole bunch of major twists. No, we're not. For example, if you did not know that Ralphie would totally shoot his eye out. He just broke his glasses. Hey, or that Rob thinks it's hilarious to hide the elf in the shelf in his pants every damn day day of December. What kills me is that you guys still go look for it. Well, we got to get our presents. That's true. You know where I hide your presence, too. So if if you don't know any of these things, well, in some cases, you're better off not knowing some of these things. (laughs) But you might want to tune out during whatever part we try to give you the times that these parts happen and then come back later to hear our opinions and then voice your opinion.
1: So, guys, as always, if you want to connect with us here at the show, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Again, that is F-I-V-E as always. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram under the same handle. That is at give me five pod, or you can shoot us a line at give me five podcast at gmail.com. And thank you in advance. Please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you're using. It's the best way that you can help us out. And as we wind down 2017, our first year of existence where we have delivered you our top five lists every week, You can get involved with our Year in Spectacular if you guys email us at giveme 5 podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on our Facebook page. We would like to know your top fives for the year. So what does that mean, Greg? Okay, well, that means your top five really anything.
2: So it could be your top five favorite movies. could be your top five favorite songs, top five favorite albums, books. Album covers. Album covers. Singers, guitarists. It could be your top five favorite foods. It could be your top five least favorite uh, presidents any of that <laughs> stuff you can do that you can send in that information and we will read it and critique it on the air and you know to be honest you know there's some things we don't have the opportunity to hear everything and to see everything it might form help formulate stuff for us to talk about in later episodes
1: and who knows we could have you on as a guest
2: yeah can you even view your top five favorite ways greg mispronounced characters names from a game of thrones Dun dun dun! That did
0: not go in the right place.
1: <laughs> I thought you were about to say something, Rob.
0: <laughs> I did
1: say so, something. So, what's new, guys?
2: Well, there's actually uh, quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, just little little blurbs. Thursday, December seventh, which unfortunately will be is I believe tomorrow. So, as of this recording, it will have already aired. Yeah. So, as the t- when you hear this, it will already air. Uh, Psych the movie will be on. I I used to love that show. There was there was a while that there were these lighthearted action shows that were all over television, uh, psych and Chuck were the two that mm-hmm. stand out to me mm-hmm. where they were almost like just bite sized but they did have some consequences, you know, but there was, but it was mostly played for humor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, psych, and then they go ahead. <laughs> then they all went away and, um, they still had pretty good following. So psych came back. You, you could tell in watching psych that all the people that were in the show Loved working on it together. So I'm not surprised that it's coming back as a movie. Um, I've read some early reviews of it, and it seemed good. So I know I'm going to be watching that on Thursday, and hopefully I'll get
1: a chance to review it in a later episode of ours. I will also be watching that, whether it's Thursday or not. I have actually started watching that. I have the the DVD for Season 1, or DVDs for Season 1, sitting on top of my Xbox right now. It's a funny show. It's really clever. Um, Once you get past... The pilot, where the main character is a total D-bag. Yeah, and I, uh, when and I watched kinda... it, I was like, wow, they really changed this character a lot. Yeah, they correct that course, but uh, looking forward to it. The other thing I saw... Yes, I didn't like the show,
0: so maybe, I will, maybe I'll watch it.
1: We'll <laughs> see. So what is this about Altered Carbon? Altered Carbon
2: is a new series that... I actually forgot to write which, what it's going to be on. I believe it's going to be on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, it's going to be on Netflix. So Altered Carbon is a new series. It is set in the very you know sci-fi future um very yes. blade runner i i There's read a, a caption that said fans of, of blade runner works very will Westworld, appreciate the series very huh. stark huh. and white and very you know Tell me more aesthetics <laughs> so it looks like it's a story about people in the future that are able to basically cheat death by by jumping into new bodies or being scientifically added to new bodies Uh, It is based on a book by Richard K. Morgan, and it is Mm -hmm. right up my alley, Mm. both aesthetically.
1: Yeah, it looks good.
2: The first, the the reason why we're talking about it is the first trailer did hit. It's on the internet, it's on Netflix, and it will be coming out in the near future. And again, uh, I believe it it drops on February 2nd. Uh, That is the term they used on the article, as I'm not cool enough to use the term drops on. So I highly suggest checking out Ultra Carbon, and we will try to remind you and No doubt we'll be covering it when we get a chance. The band, no doubt, will be covering it? Yeah, of course. Awesome. We get to meet Gwen?
1: No. Oh. That restraining order stands, Rob. Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, speaking of somebody who should probably have a restraining order against me, that (laughs) would be Guillermo del Toro. That was, Jimmy,
0: let me. (laughs) That was a fantastic transition.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. I knew exactly what he was talking about, and it wasn't just because I was looking at a paper where he, where he actually made a little emoji heart next to the name I did. Guillermo del Toro.
1: I did. I absolutely love Guillermo del Toro. I think he is a, a visionary. I think the world is a better place with his contributions to media and culture. Um, the Shape of Water is coming out. Now, by the time of this recording, it will be out, and I will have already seen it. I am so excited for this movie. I've been hyping myself up watching, you know, interviews with Del Toro where he walks a interviewer through his creative workshop, which is, I mean, the quintessential mad scientist library. Um, You know, if you look at this, this interview with him on vice.com, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait. Also, today I saw the trailer for Mega Man 11. No. So good. Yes. So good.
2: It's a side scroller. It's so
1: Oh, is beautiful. it
0: really? It is. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Now, unfortunately, it won't be coming out until late 2018, but that's I've waited okay. long. I will wait till then. That's okay. <laughs> it looks fantastic. It it has all, you can already see, you know, from the very short clip that they released, uh, some boss battles and then some kind of, you know, glimpses into the future of the game where it's very obvious that Mega Man has taken on traits of the boss, which happened in the, cla- the classic side-scrollers. Um, I cannot wait for that either. One of my biggest memories of childhood was going to
2: this Nintendo... It was around when The Wizard came out, mm-hmm. and they did this big competition where they went around, and you got a chance to play um, Mario 3 and a couple other games for the first time. And I very distinctly remember waiting in line and getting to play Mega Man 3, I believe it was at the time, mm-hmm. and it blowing my mind. So I, be- I believe it was Gemini Man, the crystal-looking level, and I was like, this is the best graphics I've ever seen.
1: Ever! And it's, it's the hardest game ever, but I can't stop.
2: Yeah, and then they revealed that you could get a dog, and it was all over for me.
1: Yeah, you could ride them around like a little hoverboard. Yep, loved it. What about you, Rob? What's new?
0: Well, I am going to talk about it a little bit later, but this uh, this past weekend, I had an opportunity to go check out uh, the local little Renaissance festival.
1: Isn't that Um, the first, the inaugural one for Orlando? It it is, it is,
0: and that's that's actually the reason I went. I, because I, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but, um, I, I don't, I don't typically go to the Renaissance festivals that only last a weekend and I'll explain and I'll explain why. And, and I was correct, but it's, it's their first festival. I wanted to go. I wanted to support it because I want them to, I want to encourage them to have more and to
2: continue growing. How many falconry gloves did you buy? I bought (laughs) none, but they did have a falconry guy there. Not surprised. Okay, well, I think we should move on into our five for the week. Right on. Let's do it.
0: Okay, so I guess I'll go ahead and start us off with the, uh, with the first topic this week. Um, I actually recently just finished an audiobook trilogy, and I know, I know, I'm a little lazy, but that's, that's really how I do, how I get most of my books in, is I listen to them while I'm doing other stuff or like while I'm driving in the car, stuff like that. And um, I use Audible, and Audible is absolutely fantastic for that. I mean, it it downloads to my phone. My phone connects to my car, and it just plays wherever I'm at. I can put in the earphones on my phone and listen to it um, while I'm doing stuff around the house or while I'm doing anything like that. I absolutely love my Audible app. But um, I did just just recently finish a trilogy by an author named Mark Lawrence. It's called The Red Queen's War. It's a, it's a three-book trilogy. And like I said, it, uh, the first book is called The Prince of Fools. The second book is called The Liar's Key. And the third book is called The Wheel of Osheim. Um, it's one of the things that really struck me about this series when I first started listening to it is that the, the narrator is absolutely fantastic. Um, he he might, be probably, he might be one of my favorite narrators to date. And I've listened to quite a few Audible books. Um, but the, um, the narrator is Tim Gerard Reynolds. He's the one, he's the one who did the, uh, the three books for the Red Queen's War. And the, the books actually follow, uh, two characters mainly. I mean, they've got a bunch of other characters, but there's two main characters, uh, Jalen Kendith and Snorri Versnagerson. And as you can tell by the last name, it does have a very strong Norse influence, almost like, um like there's Vikings involved in the book and whatnot. And as, as the book goes on, it's got this, this kind of post-apocalyptic feel to it where, you know, because there's so many things in the book that are like ancient Norse, but then they have references to stuff and you're like, well, why does, why do they know what that is? That doesn't make any sense, you know? And as, as the novel goes on, you, you find out a little bit, or as the, as the books go on, you find out a little bit more about it. Um, but Jalan Kendith and Snorri vs. are basically trying to prevent the end of the world, and it involves it involves different dimensions like Valhalla and Hell and stuff like that. It's just really well done. Your main character, Jalen Kendith, is a self-admitted coward, and as the books progress, you kind of see his transition from being a self-absorbed coward, if you will, where everything he does is for his own benefit. As he as he goes along, you see his character grow, and you see him make friends and become more, and form and form alliances and ties to people other than himself. I've got
2: I've got some questions. Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, is the book more of a, like a hard fantasy? You know, like dragons, wizards, uh, there, apothecary. You know there, all that kind of stuff, or is it more set in? You said you. To mention a little bit of Norse culture but is it set more like where it could theoretically happen
0: yes it's it's set it's set well they don't actually ever come out and say it and I mean I don't want to give too much of it away they don't mm-hmm. really come out and say it but with some of the some of the locales that they give you it's actually set in the real world okay. it's it's set in our world but it does involve magic and other things um so it, it's it's actually a really nice a really nice mixture of magic and and uh, real world settings and stuff like that. Um, by the end of the trilogy you know where it's
2: set. Okay. And you know and what the it other, is. the other question is mm-hmm. is how much time I I like fantasy novels. Right. I don't like when you're reading a fantasy novel and they take entire sections of chapters just describing what people are
1: wearing and what they're eating
2: or their like
1: family history Tolkien love you boo boo. Well, yeah, well,
2: it's like that kind of stuff. So,
1: it, it, it,
0: well, since since I listened to it on an audiobook that's really kind of hard because I'm not I'm not reading through the page so I can't like give you how much of the chapter is descriptions. I mean, he he is descriptive, but I don't feel like he's over the top. Like I never it, not while I was listening to it, I
2: never went, "Oh, man, would you just move on already? I don't care what color his shirt is. Just go." Yeah, like like Miss Born, <clears throat> which you you told me to read Mistborn mm-hmm. and it took me forever because there was a whole lot of stuff about cast systems and how the people were dressed and stuff like that. And it just, I would tune out without meaning to, I would just, I would start tuning out and 30 right. minutes would go by and I'm like, Oh, I haven't been listening at all. I've been
0: well, doing work and, and or something else.
2: I don't remember them going that far in
0: depth into it. I mean, they, they do mention stuff like that because, because um, Jal and Kendith, one of the main characters is actually a prince He's he's the grandson of the Red Queen and the trilogy is called the Red Queen's War. Um, and, you know, he he makes note of it sometimes like, oh, well, you know, no prince would dress like that or, you know, but they, they don't really go too, too descriptive, like too excessively descriptive with any of it. Um, but but it is it is brought up just because
2: it's a way to to recognize station and stuff like that.
0: OK, if that makes any sense.
2: I mean there were entire chapters dedicated in some of those books and it just it's not that I I mean whatever authors have their own thing that they want to describe. Mm-hmm. Just I tune out without even realizing it. Right. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> You're like, you can't categorize me, I don't care. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but as I as I said, like the, the thing that really drew me in from the very beginning was that the narrator was just absolutely excellent. He he read the book. Like you can picture the character speaking the book, you know, like, like when he gets to the, when he gets to the, uh, because he read it with such attitude and it it was like he got, it was almost like he was acting the part, you know what I mean? When he was narrating it, as he, as he was, as he was having all of the internal monologues that the character has, or as he was speaking as the character does, um, you could hear the intonation, you could hear, you could hear like the acting that he was doing and he, that he was actually portraying this character it was just absolutely fantastic and it sucked me in
2: and I, I it's amazing I, how much a good narrator can push an audiobook over the top. Oh, yeah it I is. I remember yeah. a few years ago at celebration Star Wars celebration around here one of the really long lines that I saw I was like what's this line for? I'm like oh it's for one of the, narr- the narrators of the audiobook, uh Mark Thompson. And oh. I I didn't I didn't know the name to the I've listened to a couple of his also. Yeah, he is pretty good. And then <laughs> A few years later, Celebration came back. Actually, it was the following year when Celebration was here. I went back and I went to see the Mark Thompson thing because I had looked up his name and realized that he was the guy with the grabbly voice that does most of the Star Wars audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And like of the fantasy books, I tend to gravitate towards those ones because he is the narrator. But then there's other times that you'll just catch someone's weird verbal ticks when Mm -hmm. they're reading the audiobook and you can't. Pay attention to the book anymore because you'll hear you can't, you can't, can't get, get past, past it. it. Yep, like a lisp here or there was one book I just listened to where the guy mispronounced some word that was a very common word, not a ridiculous Ooh. name, ever, and it was in the book like a lot. And every time it happened, it just pulled me right out. Yeah. Uh, by the way, while we were talking about it, I think Audible actually ha- actually has a no questions asked return policy as well.
0: Oh, so if really? You get your book,
2: and you don't like it because your reader has a weird lisp or um, mispronounces a word, you can turn it back in. Hmm. Uh, speaking of books,
1: Jimmy, you also read. I do. I no, you enjoy, don't. <laughs> I enjoy reading. Um, and I've, I've recently, within the past year, kind of accepted um, that there are a lot of great books being released only in electronic format. I, I generally really like the the novelty of a book, the turning actually turning the page, holding the book, you know, being able to put it on your shelf when you're done with it and just kinda of file it away. But there are so many great books coming out through self publishing. You know, we've talked about Dead End Girl in the past, um, L T Vargas and Tim McPain who have turned out to be, you know, two of my favorite writers who self publish in the electronic format. Um, this book is like the others is also available in, um, you know, print format, but it's significantly cheaper through Amazon, um, often offered for free. The book is called naked alliances and it is a, the Rob story. (laughs) Well, (laughs) wait till we get into the description and it very well could be, um, (laughs) The book is by an a a Central Florida author named S. K. Nichols, um, whose family owns Cypress Grove. Oh, I
2: didn't know that.
1: Yeah, Cypress Grove is uh the one of the large nudist colonies that we have down here. And this book actually takes a significant you know, spends a lot of time in a nudist colony. But it is a crime novel. So it follows the a private investigator named Richard Noggin, <laughs> kind of, yeah, see see what she did there, kind of thing. Um, who, by some circumstances, meets a very strong performer who resides at the Parliament House named Brandy. And if you guys are familiar with Central Florida, if you're not, the Parliament House is a gay resort. Um, it is a hotel style, just giant club kind of thing, resort. I've I've never been, but there's a lot of performances, um things like that that go on here in Orlando. So, Richard meets Brandy and it kind of it follows this cold case murder investigation. He crosses paths with Brandy and it kind of uncovers a lot of other things that are happening outside of what you always see in the news about Orlando, you know, being the theme park capital and I oh, always hear about Disney what happens at you know Disney. Well, a lot of this place also takes place in uh, – a lot of this book, sorry, story, takes place in Little Saigon, oh. which is an area – and, and I know why you said that, because of the food. Oh, God. So much good food. Every restaurant is better than the one before it. Mm. That's true. Uh, Little Saigon is an area on Colonial Avenue towards downtown Orlando uh, where a lot of Vietnamese people have settled. And there are a significant number of, you know, Vietnamese restaurants and shops. Um, It's all delicious. It's, you know, it's uh, really close to us here. But it exposes kind of the, you know, seedy, underbelly crime world aspect of that that you don't see. Um, It's an action-packed book, which I don't know that, you know, out of these, these crime novels, I don't know what's with me in crime novels now. I just I've just kind of started reading them, you know. What's um, with you and
0: crime novels,
1: Jimmy? What's interesting though is we've
2: gotten I've gotten messages on on the Facebook page and from the Facebook page that people have found the books that you've talked about because you were talking about them. Which I think oh, that's people, that, people that like crime novels like crime novels with a passion, and yeah. it's hard to find good ones. So they they need other people that like them to kind of point them out.
1: Well, th- this is. A, a really good one, and it's really fun um you know, like I said it's action packed there there are parts of it that you just you just can't put down because oh, what's gonna happen on the next page? you know how are they gonna get out of this situation or are they gonna find out who did it? you know it's uh it's a real who done it, and um it's it's very cool as a a resident of central Florida to hear places like the Parliament House or Little Saigon and or the talk of the nudist colonies you know it's like hey I know where that is but it's not a Central Florida specific kind of thing Um I think I, I wrote in my review on Amazon of the book that uh Central Florida residents will find a lot of places very familiar and non-residents will want to know more about them
2: hmm. Um there was a book that I read not too long ago. It wasn't nearly as good as this sounds, but it's very it was fun. set in my one of my hometowns, Boca Raton. And Rob will, Rob mm. is from down there too, obviously. Yeah. And one of the things that was interesting was in this this crime novel as well. First of all, it was weird because the guy had a little bit of a hang up where, for some reason, one of the characters was his own penis. Mm. Long story, where he would like talk to it, but that's besides the point. That was on the yeah, weird side right. of it. But on the road, okay, it was weird. So it was a very straightforward book. Other than that, but there was a, a chase, and the people that live in Boca are aware of this one shortcut where one of the main roads is Military Trail. The other main road is Glades Road. It, well, yeah, that too. But the other main road is Glades. But Glades and Military Trail don't meet. They go over top. Glades goes over Military Trail. So you could either get to it by going up this one road called Butts Road, which which Rob is correct but there was another way where you could actually go into a parking garage and go in one side of the parking garage and pop out the other side of the parking garage and you were on this other main road. So, And they actually mentioned that road in the chase. So I was like, okay, this guy didn't just Google Boca to try to figure out where he was going. Like he's done yeah. this, this trick. Because I mean, the traffic would get so bad at that parking garage that they eventually had to shut it down on that one end.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I always took Butts Road.
2: You giggled every time, didn't you? <laughs>
0: I did. <laughs> uh,
1: that is, <laughs> that's very true of this book as well. Um, you know, there, there, there is a chase scene. I mean, right out of the bat, um, right out of the bat, right off the bat, there's, there's a chase scene through, you know, kind of the outskirts of downtown Orlando. Um, and I go, Hey, I know exactly where that is, you know? So, you know, like I said, S.K. Nichols is a central Florida resident, um, she knows this area, you know, it goes all the way from downtown Orlando to Kissimmee, you know, towards the coast as well. It's just a, a very fun ride through it. Um, not to say that there aren't, you know, serious parts. It does touch on, you know, a, a very, you know, dark subject in human trafficking. Um, but the characters are believable. Even the, you know, ex-army veteran parliament house performer brandy um she's a total badass and she compliments the main character is richard noggin she, very well is she a fine girl a what never never mind <laughs> i'm confused that was a
0: song reference i'm sorry
1: uh, oh uh, Rob, i didn't get Rob it
2: made a music reference and we didn't get it that's, that's actually i know
1: i'm very disappointed <laughs> we, are in
2: the, we are in the upside down
1: <laughs> what's happening here where are we <laughs> why are the lights in my room red Did you Um, read her
2: her Facebook page or her website? First of all, her husband is named Greg, so yay. But in in her thing it says, when she's she's not writing, she can be found tracking down Snorlaxes, wandering city parks, or sipping margaritas on the bow of a boat. She's like, how do you think I met S.K. Nichols? Did you meet her while chasing down Snorlaxes? Pretty much. Awesome. We need to get her on the show.
1: So hopefully in the future, um, I have reached out to S.K. and she is down to talk about it with us i'd love to hear her experiences growing up in and around nudist colonies um the book does demystify that as well it it really kind of humanizes that you know growing up i I, when i first came down here i heard about cypress cove on the radio and i was like oh my god those heathens you know (laughs) and they're like oh no come join us you know we're we're normal people well give me give me a heads up because if she
0: decides
2: she wants to come on i will drop everything and read the book
0: Wait a second. When you said
2: drop everything, you mean drop
1: everything you're doing or drop?
0: Oh, no, no, no. I got to get into character. I mean,
2: he's going to
1: drop everything. (laughs) But, guys, check it out. You know, if you are a Central Florida resident, you will love this book because it takes place in your backyard. Um, If you are not, you'll love it because it's a good crime novel. It's a good investigative whodunit. And it's the first, and what I hope are, you know, more books following. Richard Noggin and you know Brandy. I don't think we're ever given her last name, but a fine girl. You know you can. A fine girl, Brandy is a she's a badass man. Um, <laughs> but you know, check out the author's website. It's um, www. skNichols. n i c h o l l s. dot com. Look for Naked Alliances on Amazon, and let me know what you think. Nice. It's good. It's fun. Read it. Hey,
2: just like last week when I never thought I'd ever say something about, you know, tell me about Pokemon. Uh, Rob, Come tell on. me about the Ren Fair.
1: Yes. <laughs> Another
2: phrase I never thought I'd ever say.
0: Well, um, I I don't know if they're familiar with, if our listeners are familiar with it, but I, I've been to a lot of Ren Fairs. Renaissance festivals, if you will. Um, in fact, I used to be a travel nurse. And one of the ways that I picked my assignments of where I wanted to go was based upon where they had large Renaissance festivals. So I've actually been to fairly large Renaissance festivals. (coughs) Nerd. (coughs) Okay, We did it to Jimmy last week. We have to do it Um, to to you. Pot and kettle. Hello. I fully accept Um, it. All right. So I used to to pick my assignments based on where they had large Renaissance festivals. So I've actually been to Renaissance festivals in like five different states. Um, But... One of the things that I typically do and I broke my I broke one of my rules for this for this festival was that I typically don't go to Renaissance festivals that are only set up for one weekend. And the reason being is, is that they're typically very small. Mm -hmm. They don't really draw any kind of decent performers um like you'll have people who are just trying to get into it or people who are like oh let's go do this thing for this weekend and it's like oh yeah okay and they're they're the acts just really aren't all that polished um gotcha. and and you typically don't one of the thing one of the other things that i really like doing at renaissance festivals is i like to do a lot of shopping um you know i go into the booths i see what they have there's a lot of neat arts and crafts at some of the big Renaissance festivals. Um, the, the leather working booths are really neat. They come up with some really awesome leather armor and stuff. Um, as well Robert, as some of the leather that
1: underpants right now.
0: I maybe, why Just you want a picture? I'll send you one.
1: You can put it, you can put Just, it on the uh, Rob's going to post a picture to the Facebook page. His leather, here, uh, his leather Renaissance fair underwear. underwear. Um, so,
0: you know, there, there's, there's a lot of neat things to see at a Renaissance festival from, from the acts, from the performers, to the vendors, to just uh, some of the food is actually really good at the, at the festivals as well. Um, but this festival in particular was only on for a weekend. It was Orlando's inaugural um, Renaissance Festival. And so I, it's my understanding that they want to continue to try and do this every year. Um, so the reason I went was because we don't have one that's close by that's a decent size. I think the closest one we have is, true. is Tampa. Tampa
1: St. Pete. Yeah, it's it's a waste. Yeah,
0: and it's it's about a two hour drive. So but but that's the closest large festival that we have here. So I wanted to encourage them to continue to have this festival. And when I went, it was pretty much what I expected. There weren't a ton of vendors. There were a couple of like neat things that I saw. There was one guy that was selling um, handmade circlets, basically. Which is basically a bejeweled headset. It's like wire wrapped. It's a. It's almost like a crown, but it only goes part way around your head. It doesn't go all the way around your head. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he, that th- th- that was kind of neat. There was one or two really neat artists that that had some that's had some really nice work. Um, they did have a falconry booth. They had um, told you <laughs> as, as far as as far as like the performers go, they did have the. The the one thing that almost every Renaissance Festival anywhere has, and that's the live-action chess
2: match. Uh, they, so they did do the that. individual people are the chess pieces? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct. And and when they move, they actually fight. So they have like a choreographed battle. Um, uh, when Rob says that he likes to shop at Renaissance Festivals, that is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> Having been at Rob's house, it, it it does look as if medieval times vomited on his walls. And that is actually a compliment. Uh, how many? I, sword, how many? My, my friends,
0: have? my friends have basically told me that if there ever is a zombie apocalypse, they
2: are coming to my house. Yeah, he's got swords up and down his yeah. stairs, pretty much in every room, hanging on the walls. Because how many do you? Because have? I have the weapons. You don't need to reload. Yeah. But how many do you know? Do you have a current
1: count? Uh, um. He's looking yeah, around right tell. now. No, Rob is uh, counting his swords. He'll be right back.
0: No, I, I, I probably have at least. I want to say 20 on the walls. Um, and nice. that's not counting the ones that are not up on the wall. I do have others that are not, that are not up on the wall just in case. Um, yeah, well, case well, I've been, I've been, co- I've been collecting swords for a long time. I have, I have a decent collection. Um, some of them are just movie replicas. Some of them are battle ready or, um, are, or capable of being used for combat or combat ready, I guess is what the term mm-hmm. is. um, So, yes, I've been I've been collecting swords for a number of years. Um, In fact, I still I still wear the necklace that I bought at my first Renaissance Festival, which is a Celtic peace knot. I've had it for for what? Probably 16 years now. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Well, 25, something like that. Because I went to my first festival when I was 16. So that that should be easy. Twenty four years. So, yeah. So and I've, I've worn it every day since I got it. Um, so, but were there there other performances beyond the chess thing? There, there were, um, they, they had a couple of music performances, which I was like, eh, I mean, one almost drew me in. I I walked past and they were playing a song that I recognized from one of the festivals that I grew up going to, um, called Johnny Jump Up, which is, which is actually a really catchy song. It's got a, it's got a really high tempo to it. It's, it's a nice beat. The lyrics move along. Um, and it's a great song. I love it a lot. Um, and they were playing it, so it drew me in. They drew me in with that, and then they kind of lost me because they didn't really play a whole lot of other stuff that I was like, Oh, this is great, you know? Um but that that was good. There was, however, one act who and and I know what Greg's gonna say when I tell him this, but there was one act that was there that that actually was a fairly polished act, and they were pretty good. They were they had the right mix of comedy and, right. and it, yeah actually and and um comedy and like action it was it was a um i don't know what they're called that the aerialist gymnast or whatever where they use the silks the air the aerial silks okay you know what, mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking yeah. about i know what you're talking okay. about so so they had she the the redhead was a contortionist go figure um, i'm not even going to touch that and one. the yeah. <laughs> and, nope. and the br- and the brunette, um, she didn't really speak, but I think that was like the whole the whole gag thing. Um, but they they were it was a really good act. Um, uh, I have to remember what they're actually called. I took a picture of their um, of their uh, sign so that I could remember. So so their act is called Circa Brava, C-R-C-R-C-I-R-C-A-B-R-A-V-A. And they were actually really enjoyable. I, I I sat there and watched the whole show. I enjoyed it. Um, I actually gave them the little the little tip at the end because um, I don't always do that. But I'll uh, we'll get some of these pictures up so you can see some of the, some of the act that they did. Um, but it was it was actually really good. They were they were very enjoyable, and it was one of the um, one of the shows that I watched the entire show of. Hmm. But aside from that. There, i mean there really wasn't a whole lot but like i said i went because i wanted to encourage them to continue to do it the the admission was like 15 bucks and it was like two dollars to park hmm, it's not too so bad. no it's not too bad considering the bigger festivals are like 24 25 bucks i think to get in you know it was it was it was a nice day driving out there and hanging out i i stayed a little bit longer um but i i that was largely because the show started at about the time when I, the the Circa Brava show started about the time when I was ready to leave. So I hung out and I watched that show and I'm glad I did because it was actually a pretty good show. Nice.
2: Okay. Well, Jimmy has told me at work that he made the best purchase he has ever
1: made in his life.
0: Ever in his <laughs> life.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think back. Um, this thing is, is fantastic. And this thing that I'm talking about is my new 3d printer Woohoo! yeah i've been wanting one of these things for such a long time greg and i have talked about it ad nauseum and finally in a random search uh you know i, I this might have been on black friday maybe on the saturday afterwards i did a random search for best deals on cyber monday um i was just looking for um, I was actually looking for a uh, slide converter to take some of those old uh-huh. Kodak slides uh, that I got from that my grandfather actually took. Um, and I was looking to see if anywhere you know may have had something. But what I found was monoprice is opening up the window for sales on their new three d printer, starting at You know, 12 Pacific Standard Time on Cyber Monday, and it will close when this limited number is sold out. The uh, article that I read was a little, you know, you couldn't tell if it was going to be on Black Friday, like if I had already missed it, or if it was on Cyber Monday. So I said, well, you know, let me just make sure I'm at my computer at three o'clock our time. And I'm refreshing the page like crazy. And I finally see it. My, my heart was racing, you know, here I am about to get a 3D printer that, by all accounts, is very good quality for $150. Um, I ordered it, it came in about a week later, and I've been printing things steadily on it for, I don't know, since however long I, I got it, since I got my filament in on Saturday. Uh, Which the filament that it takes is – sorry, let me back up. The printer is the Monoprice Mini Delta 3D um, printer. For those of you out there that are –
2: I mean we're obviously tech people, Um, It was particularly Jimmy and I who work in 3D, which if you've listened to the show a lot, you know this. Uh, 3D printers, the way they work, if if you don't know, is they use filament, which he was talking about, and it looks like a spool of – Looks like a spool, yes. like a weed whacker stuff. Like when you change out the, the
1: twine, exactly like
2: that. It loads it in, yes, to a, a extruder, which is extruder. basically heats it up, melts it, and then it extrudes onto a bed. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of differences. You know, you'll hear different types of filament, different sizes of filament, whether the bed is heated or not. Um, there is another type of printer that actually starts with a resin, which starts basically a big pool. Um, whereas one of them, the filament one prints top down or prints the extruders above the thing above it and it prints from the base up the one, the ones that are in the big pool of resin prints the other way. Basically it pulls it out of the the resin and it just builds onto it and you can make pretty much anything that you want as long as you need it to be in some sort of, as long as it can be in some sort of plastic or there's different, like there's a wood resin, there's stuff like that, but that's basically what. 3D printing, how it works, if you don't know. Good.
1: Yeah, and so the um, the Monoprice Mini Delta 3D printer is it's portable for one. So you know a lot of the cheaper 3D printers that you're going to find um, that are great. You know there is a certain level of do-it-yourself to them. Uh, you have to assemble them. You have to assemble the print head or the extruder, the element that heats up. And lays down the plastic, uh, creating the layers. Um, A lot of them, you also have to level the bed or the printing platform yourself. You have to adjust that yourself. And a lot of them don't have a heated bed, which is fine if you're using PLA filament. Um, PLA is, let's just put it in in terms of being the lighter plastic um, versus ABS, which... ABS does require a higher temperature to heat it up, which is only about a five degree difference. But ABS generally are, you know, what products are made of that you buy that are injected into a mold, toys, things like that. They're generally ABS plastic. They're, they're typically uh, higher strength, higher endurance. Um, but in terms of 3D printing, they do require a higher temperature to be printed at. And they do by all research that I've done, correct me if I'm wrong, require a heated bed. I believe now for to
2: limit mistakes and the thing falling off the bed while it's printing or getting nudged over or something like that. Yeah, I believe that is the case.
1: Now, the great thing about the Monoprice Mini Delta 3D printer is that it has a self-leveling heated bed. It accepts ABS and PLA filament that is at 1.75 millimeters, which if you do a search for 3D printing filament on Amazon, for example, 90% of those are going to be 1.75 millimeter. I believe that is becoming the standard Um, as these DIY kits come out, you know, for, for printing 1.75 is the filament standard. It's getting cheaper. I, I bought this spool from the Monoprice site at 20% off on Cyber Monday uh, bringing its total to about twenty-two bucks plus shipping, but it it is, and I am telling you, I've gone through barely any of it. I've been experimenting with different fill levels. So when you build when you build a solid print, for example, you can say, "Oh, I I, I don't need it to be this hard." Um, so the fill <laughs> level in <laughs> between <laughs> the fill level in between the surfaces, you, you can reduce that You've to almost... speed up the print process. Almost. It
2: makes like a honeycomb structure on the inside um, to make things harder. And yes. it's interesting because you could do like 0.25% um, fill. And that thing, it's light. it's just, light. It feels lighter. I I held a Thor hammer that was done with that amount of fill. It feels lighter, but it's still like strong. You don't need to do 100% fill. You can do 50% yeah. fill, and that even that's too much most of the time.
1: Yeah. Um, the first thing that I printed was a uh, Mineki Nico cat. And it's a uh, a lucky charm. It's a cat with a little symbol. And this thing, I could run over with a, a bulldozer, just like Rob does like, with real it cats. Would hold up. And this is <laughs> oh <laughs> no, um, no. That's it. I've one. also <laughs> uh, tonight I printed this really cool octopus phone stand, and uh, it's super light. I experimented with fill, and I I brought that down, and it's still super tough. Yeah, I could probably snap it in half. I'm not going to. Um, the other very cool thing that I printed is a buckle, like you would find on a backpack. Um, And it's fully functional. I could stand on this thing. I don't know how much weight it will hold, but it feels pretty damn solid.
2: Rob, you're aware that Um, me and you were both getting 3D printed Christmas presents from Jimmy this year? (laughs) (laughs) We're getting backpack
1: buckles. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so the great thing about this, um, for... You know, your average consumer, um, you can go to websites. There's one called Thingiverse, and you can print everything from uh, cell phone stands to self-watering baby plant Groot. containers to a Baby Groot, uh, Pokemon. Uh, I printed up Paw Patrol I mean, badges for my, for my
2: child for his birthday, like one of the, the little <laughs> doggy tags for Paw Patrol. And painted nice. those up for
1: him. Um, and, and with this, you don't even—I mean, you don't need. You go, well, what am I going to do with a three D printer? You know, I'm not a three D artist. Well, you don't have to be. You can print common household things um, from this website for free. Now, I would love to get another one. Uh, they will be available again in April at the same price. They're going to be 150 bucks. They're portable. They're durable. They're amazing. I will post pictures of some of the prints that I've done so far awesome. on our Facebook and Instagram. Um, it, it uses a, a very easy platform. Um, it, Monoprice does not have their own software, but I'm using one from Ultimaker called Kira and uh, learn from my mistakes. Don't try and print anything without reading the directions. <laughs> uh, it's very easy to set up. It's, it's very idiot proof. But you have to go into the software and specify how large your print area is, how tall, and how high it should start printing. I did not do that. And I damaged my heating it's... bed. Um, I didn't damage it to the extent where it's not usable, but I'm going to have to replace it. Um, still prints fine. I've not reached out to them yet, but I will. If you are interested, I mean, this thing takes up very little desk space. It's it's solid as a rock. Um you can go to mpminidelta.monoprice.com, and you can sign up for their list to be notified. As soon as it becomes available again, it's going to be available at that same price point, 150 bucks. Do yourself a favor. Save yourself some money in the long run and print the stuff that you need. It's incredible. And now it is my turn. Okay. Greg, tell us what you've Dude, been so know, anxious to Rob tell us and I.
2: Jimmy was not there. He didn't grace us with his presence to talk about the Justice League movie. Sorry. And we we bashed it a little bit.
1: You don't know what you will find. Why don't you come with me, little girl? Late 60s, early 70s rocker
2: as the the villain. But, you know, we we criticized it. We both gave it low Bs, you know, average grades, I think. And Mm -hmm. determined that the movie needed to be more fun. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's a movie. It's for entertainment. It's superheroes. It's supposed to be fun. And the parts that were fun, we liked. And then a few weeks later, the Arrowverse, which runs, which is um, Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, and runs on the CW on, I believe, Tuesdays or Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, Actually, it's all different days because, like, all of the. Are you talking about specifically well, Arrow and Flash?
0: or Are you talking oh, about all four? I think
2: it's. I think two of them run on Tuesdays. On uh, Mondays, and two it, of them run on Tuesdays. But either way, they that's the way they did it for this. Oh, I thought Legends of Tomorrow was Maybe. on on Thursday. They moved it for this, at least. But anyway, they ran a oh, okay. multi-series crossover. It was so much fun. In fact, I watched um, one. It was either uh, Flash or Legends of Tomorrow last night. One of the one of those two, and I actually laughed out loud. Multiple times. Um, hmm. So anyway, the the shows, in, uh, I mean, I'm guessing you guys somewhat know what these are. Arrow it follows the Green Arrow, which was kind of the first one of these shows. It's sort of a Batman-like character where he mm-hmm. was this kind of rich snobby mm-hmm. kid, gets in a boat boat accident, stuck on an island. His father, there's obviously a lot more to it, but his father shows him a list of people that were really kind of criminals underworld. And when he finally gets back to his city, he needs to exterminate them. Similar to the Punisher, but and kind of more of a Batman.
0: I feel the same way every time I get in every a accident.
1: Yeah, every time I get uh, deserted on an island. I like dessert. I I just Paper I Venge really on, want um, to yeah I eliminate some people. I too get that feeling. He's got that. Yeah, but Arrow was kind of the first one on. Yes, it was network TV. And it was really great. Good. Uh, well, uh, aside from Smallville and you know Superman or, or the but, Batman series that ran in the sixties?
2: Yeah, but that was you know colorful and weird but anyway so we had arrow um then there was uh, (laughs) flash which is more a little more fun loving than arrow it's um of course you guys know the story of the flash supergirl again superman's cousin you guys kind of know that story and legends of tomorrow which actually took a lot of characters from uh the flash series and from arrow and put them as their own team and the best way i can describe that show is it's like quantum leap but with superheroes oh they go to different time periods because See what I did? There. Yes, I, I, oh, I caught, the, I caught it. They, my phone is called Ziggy. Come on. Um, nice. So they, uh, they go to different time periods, and it's they're cleaning up a mess that they caused. But you know, they'll they'll end up, you know, running around with Helen of Troy. They'll get dinosaurs out of Vietnam, that kind of thing. Mm. So yeah,
1: so it's kind of it's really? fun,
2: it's silly, um, it's very lighthearted, and I keep on saying the the those words lighthearted, fun, silly because the crossover. What managed to tackle a very, very, very heavy subject, but still be fun. So Uh, can you say that without spoiling uh, what the what the what the topic is? I'm going to no. It's uh, so. Yeah. Okay. a few things I thought that were really interesting in the Flash series. Flash has been is finally engaged and is going to get married over three seasons. He's had the same crush and he is finally getting married. So the series basically starts off with his wedding, Mm -hmm. which is what brings all of these heroes together. The interesting part is, however, it started in Supergirl. So Flash's wedding, which is usually would be in the Flash series, actually is happening in the Supergirl series. which I thought was a really interesting way of doing it. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I thought it was a really interesting way of doing it. But it also proved to me that you mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to be watching all of the shows because they really started off with they introduced the characters by having all of these superheroes kind of having to stop doing what they're doing, fighting crime and all that stuff, to RSVP for the wedding. And explain what's been going on there on their respective shows that might keep them from going to the wedding. So it was a really quick montage at the beginning. And even if you didn't know the characters, you knew what they were. Even the side characters like, oh, I just broke up with my my girlfriend. I don't know if I really want to be at a wedding. It was quick. It fit in and it led to their characterizations. Um, So anyway, they get together. And during the wedding, they get attacked by Nazis, which just like my wedding, all hell breaks loose. When the Nazis arrive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, Hmm. wife is going to be like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Um, No, so they.
0: This guy knows how to party. So
2: they get attacked by Nazis, and the Nazis are actually from another earth. And if you guys are aware of DC Comics, they. DC Comics actually absorbed a bunch of different other comic companies back in the got 30s through 50s and had all these various characters that they had to find a way to introduce them. So they basically introduced them as if they were all from different worlds. So any weird story that seemed out of place, like the Watchmen or, you know, why did Superman only jump in the past? Now he can fly. Why is there different flashes? All this stuff, because they were from different worlds. DC has it pinned out that there's 52 of them, and the 53rd is one called Earth-X, and Earth-X is the one where the Nazis won and all the superheroes are bad. So anyway, the the way the series played out was the the Nazis show up. They're from Earth-X. They have, of course, evil versions of all of the heroes. They get together. Um, big battle, they end up getting pulled cool Earth X. There's a lot of plot points which aren't really important for this. Just watch it if you want to know. But it was really, really good. And it was really fun. Yeah. And as one part of just how fun it was, the the person officiating the wedding was actually William Cat, who was the greatest American hero.
0: Nice. Greatest
2: American hero. So just little things like that. Uh the fight scenes were really good. They didn't have they hmm. didn't resort to just big special effects. They were actually like choreographed. Hand-to-hand combat scenes. There was this giant robot named Metallo. They actually brought in all of the villains from like past of the series, past episodes, and had them. You know, still some of them were still around in Earth X, and some of them were good guys. Some of them were bad guys in this other world. One of which was like this big Terminator-like robot. And I don't. Rob might know this better than me. Um, one of the Terminator movies or the Terminator ride has the Terminator blow up, and you're looking down from overhead, and the head flies up to the screen and like pauses at the top kind of looking at you and then falls back into the, into the explosion. Was that in the ride? And
0: the, and the, and the eyes yeah, go yeah. like dark. The eyes yeah, go as the red as looking dark. at you.
2: Is that the ride?
0: Um,
2: I think it was Terminator 3D, the ride.
0: It, it might be. But, I, I can picture the scene that you're talking about. I know the scene you're talking about, but I, I can't, honestly, yeah. I can't place it, but it, it sounds like I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say yeah, it was so, the ride. Yes.
2: You heard me describe it, but that actually happened in the show. They make fun of this robot and refer to him as Terminator. And then when he finally gets blown up, they do that overhead shot where the head flips up. And I was like, I was so excited. I was like, yes, I really at the time thought it was the ride. (laughs) Well,
0: if it was something that they they actually poked fun at and they made fun of it, it probably actually happened in a movie then. So I would I would actually guess from that description that it happened in a movie and not actually on the ride. Love to. Because that would not that would not be something that everybody that everybody would have access to or well, was It, would know, it was in uh I mean?
2: the Terminator two or Terminator three D thing in California too though.
0: Right, but still, I mean that's not something that everybody had yeah. access to.
2: You know yeah. what I mean? I would think that they would
0: that they would poke fun at a more at a at a more accessible yeah. Accessible uh yeah. thing. True, true. Than than something specifically at a Now, The play.
2: other thing I really liked as a throwback comic book reader. I remember the days when the crossovers actually meant something. And if something happened in a crossover, it usually, it wasn't just so they could sell more comics in the crossover. It was, it had universe-wide implications. Like, um, one, some of the ones I can think of for you, us nerds out here, you could ca- call me mirror now. Uh, Fall of the Mutants had, like, Angels Wings get ripped off and replaced with metal ones, which still to this day has happened, or is going on. Let's see. Archangel. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um... You know, some what are some of the other uh, Superman dying? He came back, but there were some repercussions there. You know, all these crossovers. Batman got his back broken, which led to new Batman repercussions, and they you know they referenced it, of course, in the Batman movie. Um, and the cool thing about this crossover was it had real repercussions. There are things that happened in these episodes that I was shocked that they did. I mean, there were there were actual deaths. You know, the wedding, which I already mentioned. There's things like that that it's going to carry on through the episodes, and it has because. I'm talking about this oh, a week no. after it happened. Cause I finally caught up and watched it. But it was so much fun. Like, I highly suggest seeking out, um, you know, as I said, it, The Order, it was a Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, and then Legends of Tomorrow. And if you want basically a four-hour-long movie that's just fun and good action and characters that you'll like, uh, I would watch that even before, the just- before I watched The Justice League. Now, do you do you have to have been following all of those
0: shows to understand what's going on, or is it pretty much kind of like its own? It's pretty much its own um, thing. self-contained
2: movie. It's pretty much its own thing. That's
1: what I There's was There's very little ask. stuff that
2: you couldn't deduce. Okay, the the stuff that is that might not make sense is some of the interconnections and why it's weird. But like, okay, but like, like, like if I character if, say
0: I only watch Flash, which is if I only watch Flash, which actually is the case, Flash is the only one of those ones that I actually mm-hmm. really follow. Will it make a difference, or like, will I know enough from watching Flash because they reference some of the other characters and whatnot in in the it, Flash? I don't series. think
2: it, I don't think it really matter. Or do I need to like the, like like I said, okay. there'll be a few things that are neater for the people that watch everything because like there were there were some characters that mm-hmm. that they tweaked their personalities for this Earth X world. Like whereas like for example, okay. I don't even get... you don't watch Supergirl, you said, but the Jimmy Olsen type character. It's long story. There's other Jimmy Olsen in that series, but like the, the character that's most like Jimmy Olsen of the comics, he plays this like r- hardened, like general from, for the, like the rebellion type general. And he's, almost, he's almost a villain. So he's like the John oh, okay. Connor type character, but in the other series,
0: gotcha.
2: he's like the nice guy that's had the crush on Supergirl. And so it's like little stuff like that, that you won't catch why, it's a big deal or why the camera might pause on someone for a little bit longer. But you know, like, and one of the, the, one of the parts I really liked was they, they were referencing Heatwave, Who's a villain in the flash comics. He's a reformed villain in the flash TV show. And he hates cops still, even though he's a reformed villain and his partner in crime is actually mm-hmm. captain cold. And in the news, in the new series, he's a good guy called citizen cold who is re, Who references heat wave and it's like, Oh you, yeah, you you're dead in my world. He's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, you kept on running into that burning building to save all those cops." And he's like, "I died saving cops." <sighs> it's Like, this world does suck, you know that kind of thing. So it's definitely like those kind of things, but <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, definitely, I'd, I'd watch it. I, I, if you want something fun to kind of check out, I'm sure it's already online, you know, on on the respective CW websites. Um, something you can watch if you're mm-hmm. looking for something to do over the Christmas break. So um, that also, I believe, leads us into our question.
1: Let's do it. So, well, I think it does. I'm gonna.
2: Uh, Jimmy wrote the question, I believe, but I've got some additional questions here. So, go ahead and ask the question. Then I'm did. going to. Rob is clapping. <laughs> um, uh, that was my okay. apple. So, um, Jimmy, reason. uh,
1: ask the question. Oh, okay. So, what are okay. your favorite superhero crossovers? Okay. Now, so, I've, I started this list. Go ahead
2: with your questions. Um, wh- how are we judging a crossover? Is it going to be different comic book titles, different
1: companies, different? I would say any. Um, characters now from any company could be video games as well. Um, any two or more superheroes that would not normally occupy the same storyboard, the same frame on a film, the same video game. Um, now say like Batman and Superman, they're part of the justice league. That doesn't count. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? So why don't we, how about we do this? How about okay. I start? So, starting with my list, the five that I wrote down in no particular order are Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Okay. These games are so much fun. That game, I can remember, you know, years after it came out and kind of died down a little bit, people still wanted to play it so much. I can remember going and seeing that game used in stores for like 80 bucks. Uh The <laughs> game was incredibly fun. I just loved it. So, uh, it was really fun seeing... You know, being able to play, uh, you know, Ken or Ryu versus uh, Iron Man or even, you know, Mega Man. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, Batman Dead End. That is a short film with a cloth wearing Batman. It actually looks really good. Um, Chasing the Joker into a dark alley where the Joker is grabbed by an unseen captor that unseen captor being alien and uh, then predator shows up. You know what? I have actually seen that. It's very good. Uh it's it's short. Batman dead end, check it out. Um that leads me into the alien versus predator universe. Uh no particular movie, no particular comic. I think the battle between the ultimate predators, you know, being the predators and alien from the alien universe. Um, I think that makes for a very interesting storyline. They went to different worlds. They fought on different worlds. They bred, I guess you could call it that. Uh, very intriguing universe, in my opinion. <laughs> I, uh, one I'm just throwing out there for last, really. Um, Archie versus the Punisher. That was really good. I,
2: I actually I have that. Yeah, I still have that. It's uh, funny. It, that... it is one of the comics that that survived the culling of me throwing away a bunch of my older comics. <laughs>
1: Uh, The Punisher comes to Archie's world because he's, you know, trying to find someone who looks like Archie. And it's just, it's really neat. Uh, And Battletoads slash Double Dragon. So hard, (laughs) I assume. It was. uh, There were characters from each of those franchises in there. Um, It was a really fun game. Uh, I I am going to throw out an honorable mention in there because um, it was on a superhero soundtrack. And that is the soundtrack for the movie Spawn, <laughs> where you have Atari, Teenage Riot, and Slayer, and raging—you know, Tom Morello of raging against the machine and the Prodigy, uh, Pearl Jam, and Cypress Hill—amazing crossovers in there. So <laughs> that's my honorable mention. And I believe there was a—was it Can't You Trip Like I Do? Crystal Method and somebody? Filter, Crystal Method and yeah. Filter, yeah, yeah.
2: It's an album that was significantly better than the the movie. I love that movie. Love I'm that far. movie. Okay. Greg, you want to go next? I do, and since we are talking about honorable mentions, I took this off because it was not really a superhero thing, and then I realized Alien vs. Predator isn't as well. Uh, there was a crossover amongst Star Wars called Star Wars Vector, which was a very, it was a different crossover. It was—it took place in two different series that Star Wars was doing, one of which was kind of a, I not current time, obviously, but like current times where we are in the Star Wars world, and also in the What's the, what is the – the Jedi, was it Jedi Knights or something? The the previous era of – like Knights of the Old Republic, I think. Okay. And the stuff that was happening in the Knights of Old Republic comic would actually carry over into the current comic book. So like someone would seal off like a holocron somewhere, and then in the more recent comics, they would actually show it unearthed. So it was really cool as they bounced between like the – what things were happening and how it was the repercussions. That was called Star Wars Vector, but it did get bumped because I – again, Star Wars wasn't superhero-y. Um, I'm going to start off with my number five was the Lego movie. The Lego movie had Batman. It yep. had Star Wars in it. It had some of the other Justice League people. It had, what, like, you know, all sorts of other villains and spacemen and stuff like that, and it was a really good movie in general, but then you also saw all these characters on screen together for the first time, and it was a nice little gag for the parents as the kids were watching the movie. Uh, the other, one of the biggest events that happened in comics, which I, it didn't actually leave li- lead up to what it's what it was worth story-wise like there was a lot of problems because every because both dc and marvel wanted their characters to come up on top mm-hmm. It was jla avengers where put the but the justice league and the avengers kind of at odds with each other and you got to see stuff like captain america versus batman and superman versus the hulk and things like that uh quicksilver versus flash so a lot of these type of characters but of course you know their dc's not going to want superman to get his butt kicked marvel's not going to want their characters to get their butt kicked so they had to of course make up and fight the actual villains in the your
0: end. mom's name is martha
2: too yeah that's what all of them every single one of those superheroes that it ended with all of them revealing their mom's name was martha
0: <laughs> oh my gosh
2: uh, it did eventually lead to some stories where they actually crossed over the characters where they had like dark claw which was a combination of batman and wolverine they mm-hmm. had uh the Green Lantern is like Green Lantern and Green Arrow combination. This like It's called Amalgam, and they actually combined the characters into one, which I thought those were really fun and interesting. So Justice League Avengers, that's my uh, number uh, four. Alien vs. Predator, uh, the, the comic series way more than the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Because the comic, it actually, there are some things that hold true now in the Predator universe and Aliens universe that came out of this comic. I believe it was written by Chris Claremont of X-Men fame. Of X-Men fame. X-Men. X Men, X-Men. <laughs> the Jamaican X Men, Lord <laughs> of Mercy, X Men. We have a title. We have a title. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Crisis on Earth X, which I just talked about for a whole yes. long time. Which so I don't need to talk about that again. It was so much fun, and it's. I will. I I didn't even delete it off my DVR so I could watch it again. And Batman vs. Predator again, a comic book. This was brought, lent to me by an old friend of mine. Uh rest in rest in peace, Jeremy. And it showed the Predator coming down and hunting the ultimate trophy, which was Batman. And it was it was just really well done. It was fun. The Batman got to do Batman things. The Predator got to do predator things. There was like cloaking. Um, little, yeah, yeah, there was cloaking. There was there was trophy cases and I believe it also is what led to some hints that there was going to be an alien vs Predator situation as well, if I remember correctly. I haven't read this since high school, so mm-hmm. the early nineties. But I just—I remember being so pumped about it and reading it over and over again when I was younger. So Batman vs. Predator would be my favorite superhero crossover. All right, Rob. Well,
0: I have to admit, um, when this question first came up, there was a there was a lot that I really couldn't. I I, I was just having trouble making a list. So while doing mm-hmm. my research, I I came across some really weird team ups. <laughs> There are some really bizarre ones out there, and I don't know if you're aware of it, but like stuff like Charles Barkley versus Godzilla. Right?
1: I, I've, I've seen that. X Men versus Power Rangers.
0: Yeah, uh, Batman and the Beatles. Or, <laughs> I Saw that one. Or there's, Kiss. There's, uh,
1: Superman versus Muhammad
0: Ali. Yes, yep, there's that yep. one. Well. There's there's Superman meets the Quick Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Kiss oh, versus Kiss versus Doctor Doom. I mean, there's there's some really
2: bizarre ones out there. They actually mentioned Archie meets the Punisher. Um, there's Kiss, there's Kiss versus Archie right now, and Kiss versus Scooby Doo. That's on DVD that you can get as well.
0: Yeah, Wonder Woman and Scooby Doo, um, Eminem and The Punisher. I was like, yep. "What? Eminem and The Punisher?" Huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's some really weird ones out there. There is, however, one that I'm actually interested in. Um, that I haven't that I haven't read or haven't seen. It's called, um, I guess, it's Infestation. Are you familiar with that one?
2: Yes, it was. Um, nope. I'm going to give you a bit of a spoiler alert. Nobody it was. It was- Go ahead. A combination of like GI Joe and Transformers and Star Trek and stuff like that, right? And Ghostbusters, yep. Yeah, and it was. Um, I have it. It was not good. Oh, okay, but it's it, it, also it seems
0: like nobody really meets anybody. It's just they yeah, all have right. their they all have their own thing in
2: in the in their book, and that's pretty. They're much all it. fighting the same villain, just not all together. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, in fact, I don't even think I finished it because I was. It was making me buy more stuff than I wanted to, and it wasn't like they weren't really crossing over. You're like, this is stupid. I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, as, a, as someone who loved G.I. Joe as a kid, I had to want, read anything with G.I. Joe and Transformers, and it let me down. Uh, and really, oh, and- G.I. Joe versus Transformers is also an awesome crossover, but not
0: a superhero <laughs> one. Nice. Oh, and the, then there's also Spider-Man meets Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes up He He'd goes come. up against a Powdered Toast Man, I guess.
1: Oh, nice. man. That sounds so amazing, but
0: but in making my list, I did actually come up with a couple of them. Um, I'll start off at number five. One one that I haven't seen, but the list did introduce me to it, and I and I want to check it out. Although I've heard it's absolutely terrible, is X Men meets the crew of the Star Trek Enterprise. I I'm sounds not exactly I'm not exactly sure how that how that uh, came about, but it's actually the the
2: crew of the next gen. So, um, and Picard. and that That's yeah, what it's about. Because of Captain Picard and Professor X playing the same character, the same actor played the same character. That's fu- that is uh, funny.
0: There you go. And that that would that would be awesome. Um, having Picard meet himself.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> then I went with uh, Alien versus Predator. I actually liked the second one better than the first one, the movie that is, because um, I haven't read any of the comics. But uh, Alien versus Predator is going to be my number my number four. We've already discussed that. I have not seen Crisis crisis on earth x yet yes. um but i will go watch that i did however watch the the first arrowverse crossover that they had I, the the name of that of that crossover escapes me but it also went through the four Invader. different shows was it invasion okay yeah. yeah it also went through the four different shows and i actually did enjoy that one i liked that one a lot as well um i'm going to have to get a ruling on my number 2 though um
1: All right. Let's see here.
0: Blackest night. I'm always really concerned when Rob ends me to rule on his number two. That's right. Um, because I don't know, I I don't remember whether or not they were all characters that don't normally interact because I don't remember if they were all just not justice league characters,
2: but But everyone in the DC
0: universe. Okay. All right. Because Blackest Knight night would be my number two. Absolutely. Um, and I can't and, and I can't believe you did not hit that one, Greg, because you're a huge Green Lantern fan, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, uh, as Night is is one of my favorite crossover I comics. I was trying to stick with like different companies and things like that. Hmm.
1: Oh, okay. I actually am surprised at myself that I did not put that in there. Yeah, and and it but was actually that's a really...
2: why we I wanted the definition of crossover because like if I was doing crossover like comics where it where the individual titles of the comics were where you know Superman is usually in Superman comics, Green Lanterns, usually in Green Lantern comics, et cetera. However, sometimes you have to buy different issues to get the whole story. Mm-hmm,
0: like mm-hmm. That
2: kind of crossover, or wow, DC is letting Marvel use Superman in this. Or, you know, DC let Batman be in a Lego movie kind of thing. Gotcha. So, like, I would have put okay. I would have put Black as Night in a comic book-related one, yes. Right.
0: Well, because okay. I'm actually fairly surprised you guys didn't put either one of the two that I listed, the, my yeah. top two. Which yeah. is, uh, number two is Blackest Night. Then, of course, number one, I've already talked about it several times. It's my second favorite comic series of all time, and that's Infinity Gauntlet. And that's that includes all of the Marvel Universe.
2: Yes. And it's a great series. Avengers 3 will actually get a chance to see that story, hopefully told right. The, hopefully they don't F it up.
1: Mm-hmm. Before all of their contracts expire and they're replaced with teenage heartthrobs. Oh, my God. Make it stop. <laughs> If Hugh Jackman I mean, play Wolverine forever.
2: I agree. All right, so... Next, we'll see Robert Pattinson as Iron Man. I swear to God, if that happens, I'm hunting you down. Team Jacob, man. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Werewolves, not werewolves. Zach Efron as Superman. I'm, I'm gonna... What? No, just stop. You're making me ill.
1: <laughs> um,
2: okay, so, are we gonna... Let's combine these and make our definitive five crossovers.
1: Yeah, I don't think it'll be too difficult, actually.
2: Um you know, Alien vs Predator we all agreed universe, on that so we can mm-hmm. we can do that. I will allow you to type because you already have the cursor there. So um Alien vs Predator was one of them. I think
0: I I have to pi- I have to pitch Infinity Gauntlet and Blackest Night and and I think at least one of them should be number 1.
1: I'm going to agree with you on Blackest Night uh simply because I've not read Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. I think Black, I think he's right. Infinity Gauntlet
2: was groundbreaking and really impressive for the time. Comics have changed so much since then in the fact that the printing is so much better, that the art is so much clearer, and it mm-hmm. makes Infinity Gauntlet a slog to read through because it's really wordy now. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just the modern comic reader is not used to how wordy that is because I tried to re- read it again. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple times where I was like, oh boy. Like I'd turn the page and there'd be so much word, so many word bubbles that it was like, ugh. Okay, I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm currently reading um, – I don't consider Watchmen. reading another book, but it might as well be I am reading The Watchmen, and I did not expect that. i uh, turn the page, and it's just a whole page of words, and I'm like, eh. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> I, <so laughs> Too I many to... words. No. <laughs> exactly. you can put, you My
0: can put weakness.
2: <laughs> and you can put uh,
1: Infinity Gauntlet in there as well. I can do that. I'm going to put Infinity Gauntlet at number three. and I like, I say we do
2: Crisis on Earth X as number four because two of us had that. It was just so much fun. And I really like Marvel vs. Capcom. And I will, the reason I like it is because it brought two different fan bases together. And it made people, like I ended up having to look up various oh. characters from the Capcom side of things that I didn't know. Um, I I hate fighting games, and I actually played the first one yeah. just because of the novelty, and it was
1: like I remember. I think there's that. I I agree with you completely. Um, I know a lot of um, I wouldn't say a lot, but I know you know. I was way into fighting games. I used to pump quarters into Street Fighter Two, and Marvel vs. Capcom Three was the hot ticket at the arcade. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, arcades, I may have said this on a previous episode, arcades are buildings that you would walk into and you would play video games. (laughs) Um, For quarters. I know, it's an alien concept. (laughs) And for 75 cents. Um, But Marvel vs. Capcom did bring a lot of comic book fans to the arcade. Like, it made me care about Capcom characters,
2: you know, like it reminded me of some, like, was it Hagar, the the mayor of um, the, oh,
1: streets, the streets of, rage, of rage man, and then mm. yeah,
2: and there was that one female character with she had handguns, I believe. I think she was from some like
1: vampire video game or something. And I was like,
0: was was Strider in there somewhere?
1: Possibly. I believe so. Uh, Strider may have been in Capcom versus SNK. Oh, okay.
2: But either way, it's, I, I would put that on the list. And you know, it's a change of pace for us in some ways for the rest of this li- these lists. A lot of comics and movies and TV shows and stuff. Stryber,
1: Strider was in Marvel versus Capcom. Nice. So I think we I, I think we have our list here. And the graphics on the game were I, phenomenal. I cannot argue Marvel versus Capcom
0: being on the list. I would argue that Infinity Gauntlet should be higher. But we'll go with that.
1: So. Well, how about Infinity Gauntlet at 2? All right, I can live with that. Only be uh, I I I know both of you have read that, and I'm in agreement with that because um, I have seen the most recent uh, you know iterations of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. m- movies, mm-hmm. and I'm super looking forward to Infinity War. Nice, okay.
2: yes. So let's uh, I'll read these off here. Uh, number five: Marvel vs. Capcom Three, the video game. Number four: Crisis on Earth X, which is the TV show I just talked about. Alien vs. Predator, which Carter, I'm going to check out. Which yeah. is both a comic book, a same supreme comic book series like a maxi series and also a, a series of movies uh infinity gauntlet number two again supreme uh, supreme comic series but also going to be a big movie and of course blackest night which ran in the green lantern comics and all throughout the dc universe in which um dark ring reanimated dead dc characters and took over so you've got zombie batman yeah basically zombie batman zombie superman all that kind of stuff um and most terrifyingly were the um, zombie sea creatures being led by zombie Aquaman or like there were sort of <laughs> sharks that were zombie water. sharks. Like, yeah. So that'd be, that was number one, probably just for the zombie sharks. Honestly, take that yes. shark NATO. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Say goodbye.
1: So guys, that does it for us. As I said earlier in the episode, please let us know what your top five lists are from 2017. We'll read them on air and it could spark t- some discussion with us. We might even you know, us, we
0: might even give you our thoughts.
2: Exactly, and uh, you can find some of those areas to give us that information. Also on our Facebook page, I will be we will be putting out some calls for that stuff. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks, guys. Take it easy.
1: X-Mon.